A greeting for all our listeners. This is Nicole Sanchez, and today, in the international section, we will discuss the Brexit case. So, we will have four guests who will contextualize us about it and help us to better understand this process and some of its consequences. First of all, to begin the discussion, we have Daniel Latouf, a student of business and international relations, who will give us an overview of the origins of the process in the disengagement of the United Kingdom from the European Union. So, you can proceed, Daniel. Thank you, Nicole, for the space. Uh, I would like to start with the article with the La Posta Public in 2017, uh, indicating that a good information about the Brexit and Donald Trump elections have a search perspective of deep dissatisfaction or disappointment at the perception of both environments to globalization and what it apparently represents, where Alfred de la Posta illustrates us the growing discontent with the growth of global goods, service, capital, and work, which began during the third wave of globalization in 1980. This saw a backlash against globalization following the global economic and financial crisis of 2007, where historical disruption in the flow of capital in the United States and much of the UK opening large uncontrolled income gaps in the West and create a global migration crisis. Thank you very much, Daniel for that intervention. Now, there is a particular phenomenon directly associated with integration processes, such as the European Union. With this, I mean globalization. For that reason, the student Jonathan Guzman will tell us about this phenomenon and its relationship with the current process of leaving the EU from the UK. So, Jonathan, please. Thank you. Von Kalbeck tells about the Brexit referendum on 23 June 2016, endorsing a growing popular eurosentiments and dissatisfaction, particularly with the recent trajectory of the European integration process, and caused a hot shock, namely to the United Kingdom and the city, as well as the EU, furthermore, in the Europe, the long lasting expansion trend of international political and economic cooperation and integration experienced worldwide. The age of globalization began of the day Berlin Wall came down. From that moment in the 1989, the trends evident in the late 1970s and through the 1918s accelerated. The free movement capital people and goods trickled down economics and most diminishing role for nation states and believe the market force not unleashed were unstoppable. Now we have Britain's recognition of the EU. This was more than protest against the career opportunities that never now and the affordable homes that never get in building. To be sure, not Britain's problems are the result of the EU membership. It's not the European Commission fault. The productivity is so weird that the trains don't run a time. The deep seeding feelings that were there when Britain voted 
in the referendum the last Thursday were still there when the country woke up to results on Friday. Evidence of how unbalanced the economy is will be provided the when lasting figures for Britain's current account are realized later with this show whether the country's trade investment income are the black or the red. At the last count, the finally three moments of 2015, the UK was running a record peacetime deficit of the 7% of the GDP. There has been much lazy thinking in the past quarantine quarter of the century about globalization. As Bill notes, it is time tolerating the assumptions that flexibly globalized economy can generate prosperity that is quite shared. Self-evidently, large numbers of people across Europe do not believe a flexibly globalized economy is working for them. One response to the Brexit vote from the rest of Europe has been that town line should be taken with Britain to shoot other countries that this end has consequence. This would only make matters worse. Voters have legitimized grievances about an economy system that has filed 10 punishing Britain will not safeguard the EU, it will hasten its dissolution. Now, we are joined by the Doctor of Economic Science and active professor at LaSalle University, Jaime Rojas. Doctor, so far, the European Union has been an important integration process with great challenges. So, the separation of one of its most important members has taken us by surprise. In that order of ideas, we wonder what failure of the European Union have caused that one of its most important members decided to leave. Hello, everyone. And thank you for your invitation to talk about uh, Brexit. So, the first thing that we have to say is that it's not clear at all the way in that UK will go out of the European Union. And we can find many scenarios plain of the economic impact for the Brexit. For that, we can say with certainty what is the effect on the economic integration in the European Union. But and assessing the broader implications of Brexit uh, for the European Union and for globalization too requires understanding why the United Kingdom vote to leave. Many documents talks that support for Brexit came from a collision of less educated, older, less economically successful and more socially conservative voters. Uh, who oppose, uh, of course, to immigration and feel left behind by modern life. But uh, from the economic perspective, I believe that the failure of the integration process for the UK is the high cost in the economic policy independence and the restriction for integration with other countries. And for me, this is the principal reason why UK leave the European Union. To conclude, there is a substantial issue that is little known to listeners, and it is the impact of the UK's exit on the processes that the European Union was developing 
on the climate change agenda. For that reason, David Aja will tell us about it. Thanks, Nicole. Alexandra Boxe, author, said that the EU will lose a member that has historically been committed to hike GHG emissions reduction targets in the EU, a generator of climate policy solutions and provider of financial and diplomatic support for EU climate action. Cooperation between the EU and the UK on climate change should be easier to achieve than cooperation on other areas. First, The emissions of the UK and of the EU, EU as a bloc are declining and they are both entities displaying high levels of economic development. Their positions and interests in international climate negotiations are therefore likely to overlap. Second, the UK and the EU have developed a bit of cooperation on climate change over the last decades and this will facilitate continued joint work. Third, The EU and the UK are very interested in maintaining trade relations and in this regard they will have to uphold similar environmental and climate standards. Brexit has distracted attention from pressing policy issues, captured human and administrative resources that could have been dedicated to fighting climate change and render UK representatives less engaged in EU climate affairs. For instance, the European Commission called for a climate-neutral Europe by 2050 in November 2018 and launched a strategy on how Europe can be a leader on climate neutrality through investment in technology and aligning industrial, financial and research action. So that's my answer. Thank you for all, Nicole. Thank you very much for those contributions to the discussion, David. Dear listeners, that will be all for the moment. We look forward to your comments and we will be very attentive to your doubts on our social media. Good day for all of you.